Hi BLU babes. Before we get into the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion for many Americans. I believe everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions like Lawrence v. Texas and Loving v. Virginia. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. If you want to help, learn more by visiting podvoices.help. You can also support others by donating to abortion funds throughout the United States linked in the show notes. Abortion is healthcare, so please join us in this cause. Speak up, take a stand, and spread the word. Now, on to the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to Better Left Unsaid. Welcome back. Um, Today, I have a special guest. I have the host of Happy Healthy Human, um, Paul Levitin. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on. Um, So, I mean, I don't know if a lot of my listeners know who you are, so uh, go ahead and tell tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. So as you said, my name is Paul Levitin. I have a podcast called Happy Healthy Human, and it's all about kind of, you can guess from the name, being happy and healthy. (laughs) And I have uh, professionally, I am a a coach and an educator, and I create online education around happiness and health and wellness. So things like self-confidence, how to build happier lives, how to build healthy habits and things like that. And yeah, I am right now in the course of traveling. I quit my full-time job to pursue my business 100% at the beginning of this year and packed up my car and I'm now driving around the country. So I'm recording this in an Airbnb in Washington, DC. And next week I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then by the time you listen to this, I'll be somewhere else. Fancy fancy that's really awesome um so as it goes with every episode of better left unsaid um we start the episode with embarrassing stories so paul do you have an embarrassing story for us um yeah so you know when you asked me about this to to come ready with an embarrassing story obviously like i go into the cache of like of of embarrassing stories that we all have so (laughs) so many of (laughs) The, the thing is that most of my embarrassing stories are probably tend to be when I was drunk and thus blacked out. So I think for better or for worse, my uh, subconscious mind has, has blocked those from my memory. But, you know, the, the story that, that came to mind um, starts as most good stories do with uh, a lot of drugs. So my friends and I had a couple summers ago rented a cabin in vermont to go all uh do a bunch of acid and so we drove up together and we're like oh we're gonna take acid and we're gonna just hang out in the woods and like have a fun time of it and it was like i don't know a big group of us but almost no one else had done had done any type of drugs before except for me so i was like the the sherpa kind of (laughs) also i was doing the drugs so like normally you like to have someone who's like sober sober ish to to do that but i was like i'm just gonna do them too and we're all gonna be good and my friends, several of them had brought their girlfriends who were not doing drugs. So they were all there to just watch us do drugs. And I accidentally uh, like dosed myself with what would be enough to kill a small horse, probably. Oh and I took, like, I took like, I don't know, a, a too much. Yeah. And basically ended up uh, going just completely out of my mind literally insane and Mm -hmm. we're in a cabin in the middle of the woods my other friends are also taking acid so they're just like i don't want to deal with this i'm going to go and like not deal with this (laughs) guy and left me with the girlfriends who have never experienced 
any type of drug like this before. They maybe like smoked weed or something like that. Right. And uh, left me with them to like take care of me as I'm rambling like a drug-addled lunatic. And <laughs> they're they're trying. They don't know what to do because they're like, should we call the police? Should we call the ambulance? We're in the middle of the woods. I'm I'm yelling. I'm I'm doing like I'm but I'm yelling but not making sense. And I'm talking in circles and doing all types of things. They literally like they're like, all right, maybe they need to like wash his face or like cool him off. They literally put me in the shower with all of my clothes on and ran cold water under me. And like oh I God. sat in the shower for like 20 minutes, just getting just talking to no one. Um, and then they just tried to put me to bed. I peed in the bed. I, I got up. I ran around. I punched one of my friends in the face. Oh no! And all of this then. The next day, I woke up and like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, not remembering <laughs> exactly like, remembering that it happened, but also remembering that I was on drugs and like thinking that, you know, like it was a figment of my imagination. And they all informed me that, no, this very really did happen. And not only did my friend who I punched was cool about it because he understood, but I scared my my friend's girlfriend so much because they were like, this is what you guys do when you go and do drugs together that now oh my they, God. Will, they will never allow them to uh, come on another trip with me, drug related or not. They won't let us go. They won't let us go anywhere together. So um, yeah, now, and now that is a that is always a story that my friends love to tell whenever we get together and they, they will not let me live that one down. So that was a good time though. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like, Bad trips aside, I feel like almost everybody has some amount of, well, almost every adult, I shall say that, and some some younger people, even though they shouldn't, um, have some amount of drug-related embarrassing stories. I know I have had my fair share. Um, not with acid. I have other people's embarrassing stories with right, acid. Exactly. Um, but I remember when I first started um really doing anything with marijuana um I have always and hopefully will always have a fairly low tolerance so as far as taking breaks or anything like that I haven't mm -hmm. had to worry about that yet but I also you know infrequently um but whenever I get hit a bit too hard my brain does weird things uh like give me tunnel vision really 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 bad um and that ends up basically me sitting on a couch texting someone about how gone i am and then stopping texting them looking at my thumbs and then continuing to text them and be like guys my thumbs are so big <laughs> um and one particular time i had gone on a backpacking trip down the west coast and i had stopped in seattle first so i had stopped at a couple dispensaries and picked up some stuff and then uh my next stop was san francisco for pride and i just remember sitting on a lawn in front of their main stage absolutely zonked um staring at my phone and then uh, a couple behind me noticing me and then leaning over and being like hey do you have anything to smoke <laughs> and me having only really done edibles looking back and being like oh no sorry i don't smoke <laughs> and of course paranoia kicks in and i'm like they're talking about me they're calling <laughs> me a liar yeah they're, they're looking at you they're like uh clearly this guy is stoned out of his mind like he's lying <laughs> <laughs> it it ended up still being a fun time and luckily that particular event is two days which means i slept for half of the first day and enjoyed the yeah. second day yeah for sure i think that everyone some type of drug story is just like that's a rite of passage you know to, to becoming an adult right right I mean, I think my my parents still sort of dance around their own stories because um, they had taken a trip to Amsterdam when we were, uh, you know, in in grade school. And um, we knew that they had done, they mm. had partaked 
partook. Um, and they just, they always lie to us about it. But anytime we would bring it up, my mom would be like, we didn't do anything. And my dad would just be sitting behind her giggling. <laughs> and I'm just like, mm, dad's a bad liar. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be definitely uh, one of those generational divides. It's going to be like, you know, like your parents are like, they're like, I, I smoked pot once and like your kids are going to be like, dad was getting stoned at pride. <laughs> like, you know what? My kids are going to listen to these stories one day right. when they are, uh, you know, 18 and past the viewer discretion is advised <laughs> notice. Um, and they can enjoy it then learning far too much about their father. Yeah. <laughs> information's out there <laughs> listen at your own risk i mean you know here we are this is what we're here to do yeah. we're here to help everybody feel comfortable by telling everybody all the awful things that we have gone through in our lives yeah that's, that's what people want to hear so i mean i don't know i think it adds a bit of relatability yeah for sure and again everyone we're all humans you know we all go through the same shit right um so yeah you are a health professional mm -hmm. coach mm -hmm. um how did you start your personal health journey yeah for sure so i mean again i'm a health professional with the understanding that i clearly do too much drugs sometimes and, and drink excessively sometimes but life is about balance you know uh, but all of it, it started out, I, I started as a personal trainer, um, when mm -hmm. I was about 22 and that was only because I needed a job and I had graduated college and no one would hire me, uh, because I spent all of college partying and not doing extracurricular curriculars or any of the things that I found out after college that you're supposed to do if you want to get a job. It I found out that a degree wasn't enough. Right. So I, I graduated with this degree that was more or less useless and I needed a job, so I got hired as a personal trainer with the understanding or the expectation that eventually I would get a job with my degree, and this would kind of just be like the thing that would hold me over until then. But, you know, the universe has a way of things working out, and it ended up just being that I got, I started, I wasn't like a super fit guy or anything like that, but because mm -hmm. I started training people, I started to learn more about it, and then I started to really like the job. I was able to help people, and I had clients who I liked, and like, it was a cool job where I, I made my own hours and it was just, there were things about it that I liked. So I just leaned into it and I just, you know, put all of my actual effort into it and started learning about health and wellness and fitness and all that stuff. And I was a trainer right. for almost eight years or over eight years. And then, you know, as you do, as, you know, as I'm trying to become a better trainer, I started learning about more things that extended away from just fitness and started learning about psychology and motivation and and how do you help people be better in other realms and that's kind of how i got to where i am now where i was just like i started learning a lot more about how people are and you know human nature and that kind of stuff and that was what was really interesting to me was just like people um so i kind of left the fitness part behind and started focusing more on just the the mental side of things and and helping people just you know change for the better and and build habits and, and do the fun things that everyone kind of wants to do, you know, just live healthier, be happier. And, and you know, it, so it was a, it took me about 10 years to get here. Um, and it was completely accidental at first, but then I, I kind of really got passionate about it and started taking it really seriously. Right. I mean, I feel like, uh, that sort of transition and development is, almost what I've seen over the past just decade of just health in general of, you know, growing up, seeing videos and, and things, uh, you know, Michelle Obama's programs for healthier school lunches and things like that. Um, and now coming to the past, you know, few years, if there's one benefit from COVID, it's, a emphasis on mental health you know when we're all stuck at home um and heaven knows i would benefit from 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 mental health coaching sometimes yeah for sure it's 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 
again, it's, it's an, I think exactly like you just said, it's kind of just like the natural progression of this stuff, right? It's like, it was just like, I was a, a, a fitness trainer. So it's like, what, what's the next natural thing? Like I started learning about nutrition and then it was like, well, okay. Like I could give people all the fitness and the nutrition advice, but they're not taking my advice. So like, what do I have to learn now? Well, I have to learn about motivation and like, and the, you know, like, and, and behavior and things like that. So I just like, and you've seen it, you know, anyone who follows fitness accounts or anything like that on YouTube or Instagram or something, you'll see everyone is a mindset coach. Now there, you know, anyone who talks about fitness will talk about the mental side of things. Right. We can't realize that it's like, especially in the last couple of years with COVID and everything, we've realized that there's, you can't just focus on the, the body piece. You have to focus on the, on what's between your ears as well. And I think that's, that's a good change. You know, like it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, things are trending in the right direction, which is, you know, people, need a little bit of guidance and a little bit of help sometimes. So it's cool that there's so many people out there offering that. Um, and you know, who wouldn't want to be healthier and happier? It, you know, it just seems like a, a worthwhile pursuit to me. Right. Um, I mean, what are, what are some things that you know now that you wish you had known at the beginning of this journey? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I guess it's, it, the thing is that it's, it's hard because I'm such a different person now than I was mm-hmm. then. And a lot of what I would want is like, I kind of want, I would want my back then me to be where I am now, but I don't think I could do that without going on the journey. If that makes sense. So, right. so like, kind of like, like right now, I don't really care about looks. Like when I was 22 to 27, like I was working out for looks. Like I wanted abs, I wanted big arms. I wanted like, that was the reason I went to the gym. Now I exercise to be healthy and because it feels good and like other things like that. But like, I if I would have told my 23 year old self, like, no, it's not about, about looking good and, and getting girls. It's about, you know, being healthy when you're 50, I would have told myself to fuck off. Right. So it's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't, like, it's a weird thing of like that. That's the message. Cause it's like, there's so much more to this, right. It's like, well, eat healthy because it's what's good for your internal organs, not because you're trying to lose 10 pounds. But like when I had 10 pounds to lose, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't care about what's going on inside my body. I care about looking good on the beach this summer, you know? So right. it's like, you know, it's, it's like easy for me to say now, but I don't think that me 10 years ago would have accepted this advice. But yeah, that's really what I think about all this stuff now. It's just like, I think it's just, it's just much more about the holistic view of just like, you know, doing things for the right reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and like, again, like, uh, you know, that there's a reason to be healthy that isn't just to take pictures on the beach on 4th of July, you know? Right. I mean, who doesn't want a hot picture on the beach? Right. I have plenty of them and I still will. I, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, because it's even like I, I deal with this a lot where I'm like, you know, people will come to me still like, they, they, hey, I want I want help losing weight. And I have to have yeah. this conversation about like, hey, you know, like it's not, you know, the scale isn't everything. And like you can be healthy at a higher weight. And like, you know, maybe maybe you don't need to lose, you know, 50 pounds. Maybe you'd be happy if you lost 15, but you were able to just like, but again, it's like easy for you to say, right? Easy for me to say, or, you know, like that it's like, well, I'm all, I, I'm not overweight and I do have muscles and I do have, so it's like, like, I, I get that, that there's that side of it where it's like, sometimes you need to go through that experience yourself. Like I had to diet down to be so lean that you could see my abs to find out that no one gives a shit if you have abs, right? There's no... Right. You know, no, no, no streamers shoot from the sky. Girls at to no, regardless of what media would tell you, girls were not just dropping their panties on the streets because I had abs. You know, like, <laughs> so it's like, I, but I had to learn that again. If I would have told myself that, like, no, it's not worth it. I would have been like, yeah, okay, buddy. Like, let me, let me find out for myself, you know? Right. Um, it's funny. Cause I, I started getting healthier probably about a year and a couple months ago. Um, and my main catalyst for it was I got on the scale and was 200 pounds. And I was like, ooh, this is a high score that I never wanted. <laughs> um, and so I started to try and work out, started to try and do this and that. And I, I've been listening to your podcast, which um, for everybody who's listening, listen to Happy Healthy Human because it is... It's excellent. I was listening to uh, your one of your recent guests. I think you recorded back in uh, January talking about uh, 
and now I'm missing it. I was literally listening to it on the car car ride home. Um, Sorry, talking I about that. <laughs> yeah, um, talking about burnout, mm-hmm. talking about burnout. Um, but I was looking into different ways to diet, ways to lose weight, things like that, and ended up getting into fasting, intermittent mm-hmm. fasting, um, which I I had friends who had lost a fair amount of weight. Um, and I knew when I got into it, I almost thinking about it now, I almost treated it like drugs in a sense, because we know that dieting in moderation, like everything is, it can be good. Um, but it was very much, especially in queer culture with body, you know, body shaming and things like that it's very prevalent um so i very much wanted to treat it delicately and be like i'm not gonna starve myself for this i need to find a healthy way to do it um ended up fasting of 1410 which is pretty low on a lot of uh intermittent fasting and uh then was calorie counting not so much to you know lose a massive amount of deficit but enough to enough to be like okay i am walking this much on a daily basis i am doing this amount of work on a daily basis i know my max that is healthy to have right right that's awesome you know it's like I think that's great, right? And again, like, you know, this is the whole thing. Again, I always want to say it's like, there, I, I always want to preface it saying, like, I'm never going to, like, judge anyone. Like, your goals are your goals, right? So, like, mm-hmm. someone to say, like, I stepped on the scale and I don't like 200 pounds. I want it to be less. And that's great. You want to lose weight? That's great. You want to gain weight? That's great. You want to do it through intermittent fasting? That's great. I think that what you just said is super smart that you, because people can be very extreme about these things. And the fact that you even had the forethought to actually, like, educate yourself and you know that. That you know what these things are, calories, and like plenty of people don't know don't know stuff like that. The, the the conversation I like to have with people is to just like explain to them again that like it's like you have to kind of realize that a lot of people like for you that I think that's different. Right? That's a healthy thing, right? Okay, I'm 200. I probably sit. I would probably you know sit better at 180 or something like that. And I just want to do you know I I would feel better a little bit. But I, yeah. it, the, the, the disconnect for me comes when it's like the people who are just like, oh, I hate my life. And if I lost 50 pounds, then everything would be different. Like right. when it, like people like that, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I like, could it be? I, yeah. I mean, I guess you'll be 50 pounds lighter. But like when it's like that, when it, you have like that serious shit going on in your head and like you think that the answer is going to be some external change. Right? It's the same thing as someone who just like, it's like everything is wrong in my life. I just need to make more money. Like does, does making more money alleviate some problems for sure you, you you're like of course we like that's a real thing but again if you're at a place where your things aren't good just making more money just being a little bit low, lighter weight or something like that probably isn't going to be the thing you probably have to clean up the mental mess that's going on in between your ears and and then if you make more money or lose a bunch of weight or get abs or do whatever other thing is you know that'll be a nice bonus on top but it's just like i like to be very upfront with people because like what ended up happening is like someone will be super dedicated right there's someone who's you know i'm 250 pounds i gotta get down to 200 that was how much i weighed in high school and like everything's gonna be better than like my life was good in high school and when i get to that high school weight like that people really think like that yeah then what happens is they get to that weight and their wife still hates them or their kids won't talk to them or they still have a shitty job and it's like the thing that was supposed to fix everything doesn't fix everything and that leads to self-destruct because it's like i just did all this hard work for this thing that was supposed to fix everything and like my life isn't better what the fuck and like now it's like that's like where i I try to steer people away from and be like there's good reasons to lose weight like you said like i just feel healthier at a lighter weight that's a great reason to lose weight right like i'm gonna i'm gonna hate myself skinny that's probably one that like doesn't that doesn't really jive you know well and i think you're right it's very much some of it comes from sort of conflating oh i have you know, this memory of being this person and my life was better than and saying, okay, if I'm that person again, whether it's, you know, something superficial, if I'm that person again, my life will be better again. 
and sort of that, you know, false correlation. I know, honestly, the biggest benefit I gained was having made a habit and knew it, knowing I had made a habit, knowing I had succeeded in making a habit because now I calorie count in my head without thinking about it. And I just eat healthier. I eat better. And, you know, health aside, I, I have that benefit, but knowing that I was successful in a goal that I wanted to achieve in a habit that prior to then for years, I had been trying to come up with some workout routine or, you know, this, that, and the other. And it was very much anytime it didn't work out or anytime I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Um, it's, it just breaks you down. Right. Yeah. I think that that is so powerful. What you just said, right? Like that, that's, that's it to me right there. Right? I teach a lot about self-confidence and right. I teach courses on this and I, I do one, one-to-one -one coaching with helping people build their confidence. And that's exactly what you just said. You hit the nail on the head. It's like, people think that it's like, when I lose the weight, then I'll be more confident. Right. But in reality, in my experience, my theory is that it's not losing the weight that makes you more confident. It's exactly what you just said. It's being the person who lost the weight, meaning being mm -hmm. the person who set goals and stuck to them, right? How many times do you say, I'm going to, I'm going to start eating healthier. And then you did it. And I'm going to start eating healthier. And I did it. And then this time you did it and you stuck to it, right? You, you built the habits, you did the things you, you daily did the, the, the act, the active work of like tracking your calories and doing this stuff. And that sends a message to your brain, to your subconscious brain of like, Hey, this guy is serious this time. You know, it's not, it's, this is right. not just another, another example of him like blowing smoke. Like this is like, it, this time is different and you can feel good about that. It feels good to accomplish things. It feels good to say, I'm going to do something and then actually do it. It feels shitty to say, I'm going to do something and then not do it. No one likes to do, to be that guy who makes commitments and then has to call up their friends and be like, oh, I can't make it. Or, Oh, I, I, I know I said I was going to do this, but I can't do it. Right. It, it literally, it feels shitty. And when you, when you, you can come through for someone, when your friend asks you to help them out and you do help them out, it feels good. And it's the same right. thing for ourselves, right? If you do something, if you say, I'm going to eat healthy, it's not the, like, yes, eating healthy makes you feel better, literally, literally, but it's also the fact that you made a commitment and then you honored that commitment to yourself. And I think that's super powerful. And that's a piece that gets like overlooked by a lot of people. Right. Um, where, where do you think a lot of the struggles that people actually have end up coming from um i know as far as like healthy goals versus unhealthy goals you look at instagram you look at influencers and movie stars and models and i i bring to mind uh like marvel actors mm -hmm. like uh kumil nanjiani and uh i think uh will polter who's yeah, yeah, yeah. gonna be uh adam warlock in the new guardians movie um and i was reading an article where he was talking about it and he was like yeah no there it like it was rigorous and scary at times just because there would be portions of time where i'd be eating and eating and eating and eating to bulk up and flip of the coin there were times where i they wouldn't let me eat barely anything yeah yeah, the thing is, like, there's a lot, right? That, that, as you just said, one is like, you have to understand that that stuff isn't real and not yeah. real in the sense of like, when I, when I mean, it's real, like, they really did do that. I mean, not real in the sense of like, they're not playing the same game that you are, right? Like, mm -hmm. that, you know, like, I remember when I, when I very first started as a trainer, I had this young kid and he was like, he was, he wanted abs. And I had the same conversation. I was like, listen, we can get you abs, but here's what it's going to take. You're going to have to diet this much. You're going to have to work out this much, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to take like six months. And he's like, what, what do you mean six months? He's like, I just read, this was like, you know, 10 years ago. He was like, I just read this thing about, it was actually funny because he actually referenced Marvel too. He was like, I just read this thing about Hugh Jackman who got shredded for Wolverine in like six weeks, you know? And I was <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, well, if you give me $10 million and a team of nutritionists and a team of personal trainers and right. make it your only job for the next six weeks, then yes, then we can get you all those results in six weeks. But we live in the real world where you have a job, you have a job, you have, you know, you have other things. You're not working out six hours a day, six days a week. You're doing this once a week, you know, three times a week for 30 minutes or whatever the thing is, you know, like, so we have these, we, we compare ourselves to these unrealistic things. And you know, to go like even a step further than that, it's like nothing about 
the the world that we live in right now is natural, mm-hmm. right? The fact that you and I are talking, I don't even know where the hell you are, and we're talking <laughs> right now, right? In right. real time, my brain can't comprehend that. Like to my brain, you might as well be sitting in this room right now. It doesn't understand that you're X thousand miles away in a different time zone than me, right? We were, you're, our bodies are have been evolved over tens of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years to eat vegetables and grains and legumes and meat. And now I have Uber Eats that will deliver a McFlurry to my mouth without me getting off the couch if I just (laughs) hit three buttons, you know? So it's like, we have, we have this mismatch of like, same thing. Like I was hunter gatherers. We're supposed to move. We're supposed to work. I literally, because I work for my computer, I, I live by myself. I, I don't have to, I don't have to see another person. I don't have to get off the couch ever. If I don't want, to. like, I could literally just sit on the couch, unlock my door, tell the, like, tell the delivery driver to drop my food. And like, I make money from my couch and I just don't ever have to move. Like, that's not what humans were designed for. So we have right. this, we have this, this mismatch of like what we are designed to do and what society is doing because society rewards certain things It rewards looking certain ways and spending time on social media. Apps are addictive. Oreos are delicious. You know, McDonald's is delicious. Weed is good. Like all of these things make it much harder to live. So like we have this picture from Marvel, from Instagram, from TikTok of hot people and the way things are supposed to look, which one isn't even real. And then we have fighting against us, snack food and the Netflix that asking me, do you want to watch one more episode? And uh, TikTok, I call them scroll holes when like I open up the app and then like suddenly it's an hour later and it's like, what the fuck even happened to my time? You know, so right. like we're literally fighting a war that's just like, it's just very hard to win. So it's like, and that's why I, I have a deep understanding for people. It's like, it, this is, it's fucked up, you know, like, but like, this is like literally the battle that we're in, in, you know, as whatever you want to call millennials, Gen Z or Gen whatever it is going to be, that this is what we have to deal with going forward. And I think, I think, uh, I think there's progress. I think, uh, you know, things are being done. Conversations are being had, maybe not quickly. Um, I know I just, I just remember, uh, people freaking out whenever Jason Momoa, like after, after Aquaman, all that stuff, uh, whenever they saw him at a beach and he had a dad bod. And people are like, oh, "How dare he? He has right. a dad bod. He let right. himself go." And it's like, right. yeah. no, that nothing he was <laughs> like nothing he was doing was ever going to be sustainable. Right? Like, yeah. n- like it was never going to be realistic. It was never going to be real life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And exactly that. It, it definitely is getting better, right? We're trending in the right direction in the sense of like people are open to having these conversations and like. Right. You know, people are understanding the reality of things. You see a lot of like Instagram accounts, like anti-Fitspo Instagram accounts that are like anti, you know, filters and anti-Photoshop and stuff like that. But they definitely don't outweigh the ones that aren't, you know, like they definitely, it's still, you know, a hundred to one. I know even like I, I have my Instagram account where I do like a lot of like motivational content. I talk about stuff. It used to be a fitness account and I would like post pictures, but then as I faded away from fitness, I, I talk more about this type of stuff, but it's like, people don't give a shit. People do not want to hear me talk. They will much rather see a picture of me with my shirt off than <laughs> hear me talk about something like educational, you know, like, and I know that from just the, the, the data, like, it's like, right. so it's like, again, you're fighting. It's like, I can, I, like, I want to be like the, the, the guy who's like, no, I just want to help. But it's like the, the algorithm rewards fucking, you know, like shirtless selfies you know so it's like it's easy to fall into that trap because you know likes are feel good and they they, they make me all warm and fuzzy inside when i have like oh my god 100 likes oh my god yay you know and like it's it's hard it, it's just it's just hard all around you know i i think some of that plays into the idea that there's money in in unhealthy anything really like as far as you know thinking of like kim kardashian and you know their weight loss cleanse teas is like it's there is no other reason she is saying anything about it mm-hmm. other than other than the paycheck oh yeah for sure. she says it 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, someone's profiting somewhere. Like, you know, no, no one's doing any of this shit for free, you know, like, and that's the whole thing, right? You can often see like these people who are like, you know, again, I'm in this world. So I see it a lot, you know, people talking about like the, these like fake nutrition things or whatever, again, the, the detox tea or the, this, that, or the, the, the other thing, or like, Oh, the, the sugar is bad or the carbs are bad or something like that. And it's like, usually if you just go a layer deeper and you go, this, there's this guy, he's a very reputable doctor talking about how bad sugar is for you. And it's like on the surface level, sounds good. It's like, well, sugar probably is bad. This guy makes a lot of sense. But if you go click the link in the bio and you see, oh, this guy's also selling a book on why sugar is bad and also a 10-day detox for how to get sugar out of your system. So is it that sugar is bad or is it that this guy is profiting from you? I mean, like, am I saying that sugar is good? No, but I'm just saying that like, it's very easy to just look at something on the surface and be like, oh, that like, that's just advice, not realizing that almost everyone has a financial incentive to do something, you know, and, and again, the bigger the account, the more, you know, or the bigger the whatever the, the outlet, the more chances there are it's being swayed or manipulated in some way. Like you said, Kim Kardashian probably doesn't even fucking know what she's, what she's selling. They're just right. like, here's a million dollars, go post something. She's like, okay, like, why not? You know? Go hold this box. Right, exactly. Like she's like, they just, she's like, just hold a box. Like it's probably like a green screen box that she just holds. And they're like, we'll just Photoshop the thing in later, you know? Like, <laughs> um, what what would you say to people who have sort of been on again off again trying to make you know these yeah, changes for sure um i think that one for one i just always like to say like that's everyone right so i think that everyone has this experience of like everyone who is fit who has like found it right i say like who's, who's hit their stride has mm-hmm. the same experience right like i had the same thing i was on again off again on again off again until i wasn't but eventually something clicks and you're able to, to stick with it so, you know, that's my first point. It's like, to not think that you're broken or that like, it's like people, it's easy to look at someone like me. I've been working out for 10 years and they're like, oh, well, like, like it's, it's always, but no, it's just like, I went through that time. It was just when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, that I was on and off, on and off, on and off. And then at 22, I hit my stride. So someone who's just starting at 30, they're just like starting. He's like, oh, I've tried. And, and you know, like, it, it's just different. So everyone has that. That's the first point I make. And then the second thing is that if you are that person who has been on again, off again, on again, off again. I mean, one, the number that I'm, I'm obviously I'm biased, but I always say reach out to a coach, right? That, that like, you know, personal trainer, if you're, if you're talking about the gym, a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, uh, if you're talking about general life stuff, someone like me, like that's, it's just, it, it, we, we have this thing of like, I want to do everything alone, but it's like, you're playing the game on hard mode, right? right. Like, you know, like, like I always say the way I, you know, cause people would come to me when I was selling, when I worked at a gym, personal training with me, I was in New York city. Personal training was expensive. It was, you know, over a hundred dollars an hour. So it, it makes sense. You know, people are like, well, why would I pay $100 an hour? I could just figure it out on my own. And I'm like, you can figure it out on your own, but you're going to take much more time and have much more trial and error. So what's going to happen is you're going to, it's going to take you months of trial and error rather than just us getting started today, which right. is fine if you have months to put into it. That's, but caveat, that's caveat one. Do you have the time? But caveat two is understanding human nature doesn't give you that much time. Meaning the reason people are on again, off again, on again, off again is because they try it for two weeks and they go, this isn't working and then they stop. So in reality, you can do it on your own. It's going to take six months, but your brain is only going to let you get two weeks into it before it goes, fuck this, this is stupid. So now we don't have, a, we don't have the, the, the options of do I pay a personal trainer or do I take six months to do it on my own? We have the option of do I pay a personal trainer or do I say I'm going to take six months to do it on my own? do it for two weeks and then quit on myself. One of those actually gets me a result. One of them doesn't. So when, if, whenever financially possible, I say invest in a coach. Beyond that, I say that if you're the type of person who's been on again, off again, who's tried a million things, usually that's indicative of making it too hard on yourself. The name of the game is sustainability and consistency. I don't want something that you can do for six weeks and that you have to stop. I want something that you can do forever. So how do most people do this? It's January 1st. What do I want to do? Well, it's January 1st. Got to be healthy. I'm going to start eating more greens. I'm going to stop eating carbs. I'm going to stop eating sugar. I'm also going to start drinking alcohol. Probably going to stop smoking. Probably going to start going to the gym three days a week. Probably going to start doing cardio other three days a week. Maybe I'll go to yoga on the seventh day. It's like you're doing way too much. There's no possible chance that you're ever going to follow through on that. When I work with someone... I, I, I break the, the, the habits down into their smallest constituent parts. So it's so fucking easy that you literally can't fuck this up because then 
we can build it in a way that it doesn't feel like pulling teeth, right? So it's like right. the same thing with a diet, right? You found a diet that works for you. What most people do is just like, I'm just going to, again, I'm going to cut out all carbs. I'm going to cut out all this, all that. And it's just like, I'm like, I remember some guy asked me, you know, again, this is when I was working at the gym. He was like, hey, Paul, like I'm doing keto. Like I'm cutting out carbs. Do you think that's good? And I was like, do you hate carbs? And he's like, <laughs> he was like, fuck no, I'm Italian. I love, I love bread. And I was like, well, then that's a horrible idea for you because you're not going to stick to it. Like you're, you're, you're literally go, you're saying, I love this thing and I'm going to cut it out of my life. Like what chance do you have of sticking to that in the long term? Maybe you'll stick to it long enough to lose some weight, but then you're going to go right back to eating it and you're going to gain the weight back. So I'd rush rather right. find a small thing that we can change and tweak it over time. And a lot, again, this goes to playing the long game because a lot of people have this thing of like, well, I want the fast results now, but it's like, this is your life. We're not playing. I don't like to play against six week games. I like to play like lifetime things. And I want to set you up for success in the long run for your lifetime. So while this progress might be slower in the beginning, in the first six months, what you get is years from now, you still get to have it as opposed to being the person who loses 20 pounds and gains it back, loses 20 pounds and gains it back. Cause everyone has a friend like that. Who's like up and down, up and down, up and down because they can do it, but they can't maintain it. And it's like, what's the point to me? What's the point of doing it if you if you can't maintain it? Like it, it's just like right. we're we're playing we're playing the game backwards at that point. I think uh, some of it for me has has been the realization of what my body does and what my body like, just knowing my body better. Um, so knowing that typically, come Monday morning, if I weigh myself on Monday, I will probably weigh more than I did on Friday. Um, just because it's the weekend and weekend right. pe people do weekend things and eat weekend stuff and you know um and also i feel like i always had this idea in my head of the type of body that i wanted to have and the realization that just my body type i'm fairly broad sometimes yeah. broader than i would like to be <laughs> And that's not that's not something I can change. It's just my bone structure. It's just the way my body is built. So understanding what a healthy version of my body looks like, not right. not Joe Schmo in some magazine, right. but me. Right. All of that kind of boils down to the same thing, which is just being realistic, right? Yeah. And that's the whole thing, right? So it's like be, again, I want to be realistic with time frames because people get people think, oh, why the hell isn't the results coming in two weeks? Well, because that's not how it works. I need to be realistic with exactly like you said, your body, right? For better or for worse, I I can I can I can I can train until I die. I'm never going to be LeBron James. I'm never going to be a six foot a six foot six, two hundred fifty pound black man. Like it, it's just like there's a level <laughs> of like there's just a level of I was born with the body that I was born with, and and I have to right. deal with that reality. And same thing after the weekend, if I know that I'm, you know, over the weekend, I'm, I'm going to be a little looser on my diet and stuff like that. I'm going to be maybe drinking. I'm going to have a few slices of pizza. What sense does it make me weighing myself Monday morning and throwing myself into a fucking spiral because I'm like, oh my God, the scale is up two pounds. And it's just like, I need to know like this stuff, but that, you know, this lends itself to one experience mm -hmm. and to that. And if not experience again working with a professional right because this is exactly the type of conversations that a, a coach or a trainer would have with you but but that's the experience again you are saying this with you know with the hindsight of like now being where you are but ha but when you were that on again off again guy on again off again guy you didn't know this stuff it's like now you can see it. it's like you know now you're like oh shit like i saw where i was fucking up all those other times because now you've actually made it past that point but when you're in it it's very hard to see right and I mean, I think that was the hardest thing whenever I first started was the two weeks or the three weeks that I was doing it and getting on the scale and not seeing a change. And it's, I, it was something that I had to actively fight through, you know, that, that first wall of like, I know there's going to be a change. I know I'm making the right choices for myself. I know there's going to be a benefit to this. I just need to wait to see it. Yeah, yeah and that's hard. That's hard for people to, because I, I call this like the, uh, the, the seventh circle of health, right? Because it's, you're doing the work and not getting the result, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the worst place to be. Because if you're not doing anything and you're not getting the results, like, okay, that makes sense. 
And if you're working really hard, but you're getting a result, you're like, okay, my work is paying off. But when you're doing the hard work, you're, you're making the time in your schedule, you're changing what you're eating, you're waking up early, you're sore because you've been working out, and then you're not seeing the result for it. That's like a express ticket to quit city. Like, it's just like, it, it doesn't make any other sense to your brain to go like, why would I keep doing this? This is a horrible deal. You know, but it is exactly that. It's that understanding that like that that phase only lasts so long, and that like eventually the results will come if you're doing the right work and you're you're doing things as you're supposed to. But it's a mental battle to keep yourself in the game until you actually get to that point. Right. Um. What was your goal in sort of starting Happy Healthy Human? Uh, yeah. So my goal with the podcast was. Well, one honestly, it was a it was a uh, COVID project, right? So I started in September 2020 after being locked down for a while. But in reality, mm-hmm. it started as just a way for me to have the conversations that I have with everyone, right? So the very first episode, if you go scroll all the way back to episode one, I have like 80 some odd episodes right now. If you scroll back to episode one, it's called Start With Why. And that's the first conversation I have with anyone who wants to be a potential client or just anyone who just wants to know how to change their life. Start with why, why, what's the point? What, how will your life be better, right? So people talk about, again, using weight loss as an analogy, I wanna lose 20 pounds. That's not a good goal because it's not, it's not it, it has no emotional attachment, right? Because right. I wanna lose 20 pounds, it's like, well, no shit, who doesn't? But then when, when times get hard and like you're, like, you're, you're like, fuck this, I don't wanna do this anymore, you're just gonna quit. But if you have a deep why, a deep internalized why, like I wanna lose 20 pounds so that I can, you know, my grandson who just was born and I want to see him walk in his high school graduation in 18 years. So I better start thinking about that now. That's a deep why that will get someone to push through the hard shit when times get hard. So like that was my first episode. My second episode is on goal setting, right? How do I help? How do I set proper goals? Uh, like things like that. So these are just like, I just wanted to record and have these as resources so that I could send them to clients and send them to people that I wanted to help. And then from there, I started having cool guests and stuff, and it kind of just grew from there. But the original idea was just like, these are things that I think everyone needs to hear. Like every single person that I talk to, I talk to about goal setting. So it's just like, I'm just going to record this and then just send it to them. It's like, here, you can have it for free. Just, just go. Right. Um, who do you think is your coolest guest that you've had on? Um, I've had, I mean, so it's it's weird because, like, again, in the mac- the microcosm world of health and wellness, I've had people that to me are really cool and like famous, but like yeah. to the rest of the world, they don't, they don't mean anything to anyone, but they're people that like I've read their books or like taken their courses or something like that, or like, you know, been trained by in the past. So like in the, you know, in the, I've had like psychologists and therapists on who are like, like to me, it's like, whoa, like this person is on, but they're, they're not like anyone <laughs> in reality. That's not like famous people, you know, it's just people that right. I, they're like super cool in my nerdy way i mean i i i get you and i think that i i definitely get that vibe especially because you know comedy interview podcast topics range literally across the board from dating to design to health and wellness to you know writing and composition to i i think i benefit the most from it in that I get to talk to people and right. I get to hear interesting stories and learn new things um, just by trade. I'm a product designer and that was always something that interested me about product design is sort of jack of all trades, um, learning, you know, this and that about anything that I could possibly design. Yeah. Um like I know I I designed a children's sleep aid, basically this cute stuffed animal. And so I was talking to sleep psychologists and, you know, sleep scientists going and actually, you know, uh, participating in a sleep study and, and like all this cool stuff that I probably wouldn't have experienced otherwise unless, yeah. uh, you know, genetics and sleep yeah. apnea finally yeah. kicks in for my dad. That's super cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the cool thing about having a podcast, right? So like, you know, I get to talk to all of these people, again, like authors, and again, people in my world who are like, you know, people with half a million Instagram followers, or just big podcasts, or, or, or books or something. And like, it's funny, because there's this thing, it's like, it's like, these are people who 
I couldn't get a five minute conversation with, you know, if I, if I like saw, saw them on the street, but they'll stop for a podcast and, and talk to me for an hour because it's like a podcast, you know? So it's like a really cool right. way to just be able to like pick people's brains and stuff like that. And I think it's super cool because, you know, I know specifically for my show, it's just like, it's conversations just like this about like, how do I help people? Right. And like that, you know, that these are the conversations that I think people need to hear in a sense that like, there's something about self-help. I don't like the term self-help, but you know, I call it <laughs> personal development, you know, personal development, personal growth, self-help, whatever you want to call it, that it's not about the answer because mm-hmm there's infinite books already. There's infinite podcasts just like mine, right? There's infinite of this stuff. And yet so many people still need help. So why is it that all of the shit that's out there hasn't solved the problem yet? And the thing is that it has to hit everyone in a certain way. So some people will get something out of my book, uh, out of my podcast or out of my book. And some people will get something out of a certain book. And there's certain books that I read that like, I'm like, whoa, this is fucking mind blowing. And I'll give it to a friend and they'll be like, I don't like it. You know, so it's like, it, it, it can be said a million times, but sometimes someone has to hear it from me or from you or from one of my guests specifically in the way that we said it in the, in, in with my story or your unique spin on it, that gets them to be like, Oh shit. Like I get it now. And like, that's the thing. So there, there, to my, to me, there can never be too much of this stuff. It's just like, it, it's just good for the world. It's good for the universe. So I just like putting it out there. Right. I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, Heck, that's I feel like that's a big player in why I even started podcasting. Um, even if I've been off and on, um, was the idea that there are so many divides in people, and those divides are only getting bigger. And if if something as goofy as an embarrassing story about you know a drugged out experience at a log cabin um if someone anyone can relate to that and be like haha we may have different views but i've done that too right you know um sort of finding common ground through experience that everybody has shared but no one talks about right i love that and that's exactly it right we all have we have more in common than we have different almost right. almost 100% of the time. Even the people that we think are the most different than us, probably in reality, the people who have the exact opposite, diametrically opposed views on everything are still 99% the same as you. We still wake up, put our light pants on, two legs, you know, one foot at a time, eat, sleep, and shit the same, you know, have one, like, it's like humans are humans. And for the most part, people want to be doing well and we want to help each other when we can, right? That's like, it feels good to help someone. So it's like, super cool to just be able to connect with people human connection is is a thing that everyone values and is definitely lacking in today's world so super cool that you're doing this and like it's it's just awesome well, i mean likewise likewise um what do you what would you say is your sort of best experience that you've had um since you started it i mean podcasting is again it's just meeting the people that i've met so i've had some like i've met I've had the experience of meeting people, you know, having people on my show and then meeting them in real life afterwards. I've had the experience of meeting people at like a seminar or something like that, like some speaker, some cool speakers who, again, like they're up giving a, a speech at like a, a thing that I'm, I'm attending. And again, I could go up to them and just introduce myself and they'd be like, hey, you want to take a selfie? But because I asked them to be on my podcast, now I get to actually have a full on conversation with them. Um, so stuff like that is just really cool. And, and the, the, the doors that it's opened for me in terms of networking is just really cool. And honestly, my, the, actually, no, yeah, I've scratched all that. The best experience for sure, 100% from the show is the response that I get from people. The fact that I've had people reach out to me and like DM me on Instagram or something and be like, your show changed my life. Or like I had someone reach out to me and say, I just found your show. And I went back and listened to every single episode from the beginning. I've listened to all 80 episodes by now. Or another person who said, like, I had listened to this episode on X, Y, and Z, and it was so amazing. I listened to it three times and I took notes. Like, shit like that is the most amazing thing because that means that, like, what I'm there, there's a point to all of this and that people right. are really getting value out of it. So, like, and it's super cool because it's not people I know, you know, like, it's literally like strangers are approaching me and, like, saying, this changed my life, which is just 
um, mind blowing to me that I could do something that could help someone like that. So that's super cool. Um, what would you say is your worst experience about it? Um, I don't think there's any anything bad experience. If I'm being honest, <laughs> my worst experience with pod, the only thing that would be bad with podcasting is once in a while, I've had the experience of having a guest on who is just not a good guest. And then like, <laughs> where like the conversation is just like flat and like dead and like in the middle of the conversation. I'm like, I already know that I'm like, I, I'm not going to publish this. Like, I just can't like this. This is a shit conversation. And it's just like going nowhere. And then right. like afterwards, I have to like tell them like, I'm like, oh, sorry, I like lost the audio or like the, the file got corrupted or something like that. Because I like don't want to take a feeling. It's <laughs> like, like really just a shitty guess. I mean, I, yeah, I, I have yet to not publish something. I have been tempted before. Um, just because uh, I like to have some airtime and I like to be able to talk a little bit too. <laughs> but um, what would you say is your biggest hope as far as um, not necessarily, you know, where your podcast is going to go, but where, you know, sort of your industry, health and wellness in a broader sense of like not even just fitness but like yeah, as yeah, you were yeah. saying yeah i mean my my hope for that that's a big question but my hope is just i honestly the way i think about this stuff is like i what my hope is that people stop looking at this stuff like a luxury that's mm -hmm. the thing like i think that i think that health and wellness and happiness i because i i think of those two as the same point that's why my thing is happy healthy human right I think happiness and health are two of the same. I don't think you can be happy if your body isn't healthy. And I don't think you'll ever truly be healthy if you're not actually happy, right? So I think that all of that, they go they go hand in hand. But I think that people need to stop thinking about this stuff as a luxury of like, oh, well, like, yeah, it would be nice to be in shape or it would be nice to, you know, to not be so depressed all the time. It's like, this is our fucking birthright. Like you only get one life. And it should not be something that like, I'll deal with it later. Or, you know, I would handle that, but I have to work. It's like, no, nah, like, this is this is what we all get. You, you, you deserve it, you can have it. And I think it's, it's everyone's right as a human to live this life in a, in a full and fulfilling way. So it's just like, I, I get like, I, I feel I feel sad for people because like, I have it, I'm fucking good. You know, that's the thing I tell people all the time. It's like, you know, like people like, like when I, they talk about coaching or something like that, they're like, well, you're just trying to sell me coaching. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about you. All right. Like I, I want to help you, but like, I'm right. good. I, I am fucking, my life is fucking amazing. I will, I wish your life was as good as mine and I want to help you get there. But like, this is not me trying to grift you. This is me literally saying like, I know that you can have an amazing life and I can help you have it. So if you don't, you don't want to hop on that train, that's up to you. But I just like, again, I don't think it's, it should be, it's looked at right now as like, Oh, like, I wish I could, like, I would, I would invest in a personal trainer. If I could, I would take more time off to hang out with my kids, but I have to work late. It's like, just no, like just you, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be healthy. You can have it and you have to make it a priority. It's not something that no one's going to hand it to you. It doesn't happen by accident. So my hope is that people kind of, and I think I see that this is a trend that people are getting that realizing that this is more important that again, it's not like, because that's the thing, right? Like, if it's just looks, then it's not that important, right? If it's just like, yeah. okay, like, I just want to have abs so I can take a good picture, then I can get how you can say like, well, you know, I don't have time for that. But when you realize that this is your life, this is like, you being able the difference between you being a 65 year old, who can barely get up and up and down and has to walk with a walker versus being an 85 year old who is still vibrant and lively and running around and playing tennis and stuff at, at the old folks home. Like the difference is you taking care of your shit now. And I think that that's an important thing to talk about. Right. And I mean, I, I can uh, sort of see that relation uh, between, you know, happiness and the idea that this, what you're, you know, promoting and striving for isn't a luxury in almost parallel to the idea that mental health going to talk to a therapist is right. is very much it's just self-care right. it's just exactly. it's it's going to the doctor everyone should be in therapy like that's like, you know, like it's very simple <laughs> you know like, right. that's the thing, right? that's what I'm saying like that's that's exactly what I mean that's not a luxury it's not like oh, okay like 
again, like, oh, like I would go to therapy, but like, I'm just super busy right now. And like, I got a, I got a, I got a, you know, project that I got to finish and I got to stay at work. And it's like, no, like that, that should not take priority over your mental health. Right. Like that is like, that's what I mean. And like, that's not like, it's not like, oh, like it would be nice to, it would be nice to take care of my mental health when I have time for it. Then I'll figure it out. It's like make, make fucking time, you know? Right. I mean, I, uh, I work with students, college students a lot. And, um, I have, I, I'm proud in that the students who work under me are very much trust me and they see me as someone that they can rely on, but I've had them come in before either in tears or on the verge of tears, come in and talk to me about how this isn't working or that isn't working or they're struggling. And I'm first thing I say is you were in school school's not going to be easy it's not going to be fun sometimes and you're gonna fail sometimes i'm just like you're gonna struggle sometimes your only goal in this is to take care of yourself if you need to take a break if you need to take a step back in order for you to succeed do it because like i've i've had to do that i've had to take a step back and be like I need to focus yeah. on me. Right. Well, that's exactly right. So this goes back to stuff we've already talked about before about being realistic and understanding the realities of shit. Right. Exactly. You mm-hmm. said it's going to be hard. You are going to fail. That's not just school. That's fucking life. This is the right. first conversation I have with every single person. It's like whatever we're doing together, whether we're trying to, again, whatever I'm, I'm coaching you through, it's going to be hard. You are going to fuck up. I'm going to fuck up. Like, this is just life. There is, you know, perfection is the, is the end. I, I teach about, I have a course on self-sabotage. I teach what I call the, the five tendencies that lead to self-sabotage. Because as you said, why do people start, stop, start, stop? Most people are self-sabotaging. And one of them is perfectionism. We hold ourselves to these unobtainable ideals, like perfection. I should, I, I should be able to go to school and hold it down a job and also a relationship and this, that. It's like, it's just not real. Like we have these unobtainable expectations. And when you hold yourself to an, un, an unrealistic expectation, the only thing that you could possibly do is burn out and fucking quit. So it's like, we have to, again, just flip the script of like, what are we expecting of ourselves and just have grace that, that, that a lot of it comes down with just having some grace with yourself and just being like, yeah, I'm not okay. And that's okay. I'm tired. And that's okay. I need a day off. And that's okay. Like, I'm not perfect. And that's okay. I have flab and that's okay. Like whatever the fucking thing is, it's okay it's all right you know right well and i think also people benefiting from taking a win like any small success that you have no matter how insignificant it is or seemingly insignificant it is take a win if you if you have a day where you've done really well for yourself and you know you did all the work you needed to do and you go home and you're feeling good like take the win yeah. enjoy that day yeah i literally i don't know remember what episode it is but i have a literally a podcast episode that's literally called celebrate celebrate your wins like, and that's exactly it right that's what i say like you have to celebrate those wins because otherwise all you focus on is the bullshit right because again life right. like you just said life is going to be hard it's going to be stressful you're going to fuck up so if you don't celebrate wins all you have is one side of the scale fuck ups fuck ups fuck ups fuck ups fuck ups how do you balance out that scale by celebrating those small wins I fucking ate good today. I, I set my alarm and I woke up. I got a B plus on this test. I studied really, even if I didn't get a B plus, I studied really hard and I did my best. Whatever the thing is, that's how you tip the scales because that negative shit is always going to be there. It's not that you don't get to take that away. What you get to do is tip the scales in the side of positivity by focusing your attention on the positive stuff. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, well, thank you for joining me. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This has been super fun. This has been great. Um, do you have social media that you want to share? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, if anyone is listening still after an hour of, of uh, my incoherent rambling, uh, I would love to connect <laughs> with people. My social media is just Paul Levitin. At my, it's my name on all social media platforms. So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, any place you want to connect with me, I'm happy to connect. If you're interested in any of the stuff that I talked about, um, you can feel free to reach out, shoot me a DM, uh, my podcast, the happy, healthy human, 
uh, is also the best place to learn more about what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, if, if any of this stuff vibed with anyone that is listening, um, I have a uh, masterclass on self-sabotage that I'm happy to give to any of your listeners for free. So I can send you a link or someone, anyone just DM me and say that you came from, you know, uh, you came from Zach's podcast and I'll, and I'll send you this uh, free course on self-sabotage. We can definitely put it in the show notes. Awesome. Um, but yeah, definitely listen to Happy Healthy Human because uh, it's very informative. It makes you feel good just by listening to it. Um, and Paul's a joy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my goal. That's why I'm here, to make people laugh and smile. Um, if y'all want to follow Better Left Unsaid on social media, uh, you can find us on Twitter at BL Unsaid Podcast, on Instagram at BL underscore unsaid. Um, and if you want to send us theme ideas or embarrassing stories, because I really want to read embarrassing stories like listener stories on a show, just do it, please. Um, if you want to share that stuff, you can send it to us via email um, to blunsaid.podcast at gmail.com. Um, along with any one-star reviews that you want to post on any anything. Just, I'm not going to see it on Spotify. I'm not going to see it on Apple Podcasts. I'm not going to see it anywhere except for, you know, big old just send a one-star to my email directly. That's the only way I will see it. Thank you for joining me, Paul. And thank you for joining me, everybody else. Have a good night.